Good evening. Welcome into Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Have you for the next hour or so as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball and uh, first program since the season has come to an end. It wrapped up over the course of the weekend. A team that took us for a ride, a team that was in it until the second to last day of the regular season, but a team that when all was said and done, falls short of making it into the playoffs. If you want to join the program, we've got an opportunity for you to do so. You can call or you can text into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That is 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. You can also tweet at me if you would like. At Matt Pauley on air, M A T T P A U L E Y on air, and we will um, we, we will take your phone calls and we'll talk all things uh, Brewers as we go through this hour or so. It's uh, baseball is the sport where I feel like the end is the most abrupt because baseball is the sport where you play every single day. You know, nothing, and I'm not taking a shot at football where you play once a week. I'm not taking a shot at basketball or hockey where you play three or four times a week. But baseball is the sport where you're playing generally six or seven times a week. If, you, uh, if you're somebody who watches every game or listens to every game or close to every single game, that's a, that's a commitment. That's you spending time watching and listening to baseball on an everyday basis. If you're somebody like me, that's covering the team on an everyday basis, and all of a sudden the season ends, life changes. I don't think there is any sport out there where your life changes more once the season comes to an end. And it's not just for players. It's not just for people like me who cover the team. I think for fans as well. Because for the most part in the season, you're able to say, okay, from 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night, I'm going to be sitting on my couch, Watching this game, or if I'm out running errands, I'm gonna have the car on the radio. I'm gonna have the uh, the radio on the car. Like it just, it's over and it's done and it's abrupt and it's weird and it's it's almost like a lifestyle change. At least for me, absolutely a lifestyle change. And I've been working in baseball for a long time. I was a minor league baseball play-by-play broadcaster for ten years before I got here to Milwaukee to do the Brewers post-game show. And it's just, I always get sick. At the end of uh, baseball season, I always get sick, and I think it's like the body letting down. There's just this abrupt end to the season. And when you've got a season like the Brewers had this year, it's, there's, you, you, there's no way to really plan for it. You know, For me, I went into that regular season weekend finale in St. Louis thinking there was a really solid chance that the Brewers were going to be playing beyond Sunday. I didn't know how much further than Sunday they were going to be able to play, but I thought they—I thought there was a really good chance that they were going to be playing beyond Sunday. So there wasn't even that like internal preparation for the season to come to an end. But it does come to an end, and then you look at the Rockies who get into the wild card game, and they played just an absolutely crazy game against the Diamondbacks last night. A game that the Diamondbacks end up winning 11-8. Arizona jumped out to a uh, 6-0 lead in the game. The Rockies kept coming back. They kept getting back within a run or two. And the Diamondbacks would score some runs. Uh, from a pitching standpoint, Zach Grinke went just three and two-thirds innings, giving up four runs on six hits. John Gray for the Rockies doesn't even make it out of the second inning. There's been a lot of discussion out there on social media, on Brewers Twitter. You know, How would the Brewers done in that game against the Diamondbacks? You know, Those are the... 
those are the hypotheticals that you can't play out because you just don't know. You know, the other hypothetical that you you just can't play out is there's people out there that say, well, look, the Rockies lost on that Saturday, and then they lost again on Sunday, so if the Brewers would have won that game on Saturday, they would have been going to Colorado for game 163. That's not That's not true. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. The problem with that is once the Rockies clinched because the Brewers lost that game on Saturday, the Rockies changed the way they were playing. They weren't playing for anything anymore. And maybe the maybe the Dodgers beat them those two games, but maybe they don't. We, we'll never know. You know, unless we can go to a Back to the Future movie and get ourselves a DeLorean and go back and somehow get away, get make sure that the the Brewers win that game on Saturday. You know, unless we can do that. And I mean, if Michael J. Fox wants to come along, I'm all in. That could be fun. I've always wanted to time travel. Uh, but I, outside of that, there's just there's just no way to know, and that's the way things are. As far as the, the playoffs today, this is what it looks like right now. Cleveland is leading the Yankees three nothing. Trevor Bauer looks awesome. By the way, what a I don't know if I can say it. What a ballsy move. I said it. That's okay to say, right? Yeah. I do. That's I'm as family friendly of a host as you are going to find out there. I feel uncomfortable saying ballsy. Uh, but what a ballsy move by uh, by Indians manager Terry Francona to go with Trevor Bauer in Game 1 instead of Corey Kluber with the idea that then you would have Kluber available for Game 5. Like I always appreciate managers or just leaders in sports who kind of do things out of the box. And generally your Game 1 starter in the postseason is always your best pitcher. So that would be Corey Kluber. He might win the American League uh, Cy Young this year. And they say, no, we're going to go with Trevor Bauer. And now Bauer is just sticking it up, the Yankees, you know what, at this point in time. Earlier today, the Astros had no problem defeating the Red Sox 8-2. All right, so here's what we've got coming up here on the program today. A lot of people out there saying the Brewers collapsed. I disagree. I don't think they did collapse. We will address that coming up. Uh, Needs for next season. What do you want to see this team do? We'll address that. And... Some changes coming, kind of business of baseball-y, if that makes sense. You'll see what I'm talking about later on uh, in terms of the minor league operation for, uh, for the Brewers. There was an announcement this past week, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop something on you. I'm, I, I may have a little bit of inside information, and I'm going to drop something on you in terms of uh, some changes potentially in uh, the minor league system with the Brewers. We'll go through that coming up uh, later on in the program as well. As always, if you want to join the program, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is available, 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. It's Brewers Weekly. We'll take a break and have more in a moment here on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Thank you so much for being tuned in. If you want to join us, you can call or text into the program, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also uh, tweet into the program if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air. It is our look back at the 2017 Brewers edition of Brewers Weekly, and we'll throw in some look forward to the 2018 as well. We don't have to only look back during the course of the program. Our first phone call of the day, we go to Baraboo. That's where Doug is. Hey, Doug, you're on WTMJ. 
Yeah, good evening, Matt. Uh, well, first of all, you know, thanks thanks for your show and, and the uh, extra inning show. Uh, and I look forward to uh, this show throughout the winter. And, and thanks for the good job that you do. Uh, I, I enjoy it very much. That's very and nice of you to say. Thank you. You bet. And you nailed it, except I have to add to what you mentioned, uh, that the life changed to three to six hours. Well, you got to throw the post game in and then your show. We're talking six hours. Almost. I like it. Thank you. The, the <laughs> fact that I can be part of the daily schedule is, is that's very nice. Yeah. And it is, and there is a big empty spot, trust me. No. But, uh, I, I went to the game. Well, first of all, I made it to 32 home games this year. That's a, that's a record for me. And I, I just enjoyed the season. I love what David Stearns is doing. And uh, I did go to the St. Louis game on Sunday. I, was, I went down to St. Louis. And I just wanted to mention, I don't know if they showed it on TV, but you know how the players come out after they win and they line up and shake hands? Sure. I don't know if you saw it. They were, they, each guy hugged each, each, each other and actually brought a tear to my eye. Not just because they were doing that, but it, it said, oh, this is the end of the season. What are they saying? You know, see you next year, good luck, and all that. I thought that was I mean, literally, each guy hugged each other out on the field. It was it was it was really cool. It's a really close group, Doug. And you know, even though a lot of those guys will be back, the way it works in sports, you never have the exact team back. So those guys know that that group that was in this clubhouse this year, no matter how many of them are back next year, it's not going to be that same group next year. Great. Yeah, I got three points I want to mention real quick. First of all, my pitching barometer worked uh, to a T. We missed uh, breaking. Uh, the 4.0 by one, and we missed the playoffs by one game. <laughs> Fair enough. That's perfect. Um, I think it was Saturday night you were talking, and, I, and you, you nailed it on the head again. You were talking about the Cubs batting lineup, two through seven. And and I've been talking about the same thing with my friends. That's what we got to model ourselves after. And those guys get up there, and you know they're going to get a guy on base or, or, or do something or get a, a, a run and – and you know, and then that that's synonymous with our, our strikeouts. If 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 you if we can lower our strikeouts and get guys through two seven, you know, making more contact, we're gonna we're gonna score a lot more runs. And one other thing, I've been I've been throughout the year I've been watching Santana and what an improvement I've I've seen with that. And and you know, not only his offensive but his defensive and specifically, I don't know if you watch it. Playing the foul uh, line in right field that Tuesday night, that game we won seven to six, the last series against Cincinnati, he literally ran up against the wall and, and hit the wall to catch that last one. And up to that point, I've seen him where he'd stop short. Sometimes the ball would fall in front of him, and that line is between that and the wall isn't that big. No, and uh, that's just a. Uh, comment I made. Doug, he he improved greatly on defense from last year to this year, I agree. I still think there's a fair amount of improvement that he's got left uh, in him. Uh, Balls up uh, that are close against the wall, reading balls off the bat, uh, I I still think he lacks in that area. I'd like to see some more improvement from Santana in that. Okay. Thanks for taking my call and thanks for making my comments. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate the phone call. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620 is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. Sometimes I get on these kicks. Ashton knows it. I'll just get on these kicks, and I'll just repeat myself over and over and over. Think what it's like for my wife, who has to like listen to me when I get on kicks about stuff that has nothing to do with sports, and I just say it over and over and over. All right, here is my current kick. There's people out there that are saying the Brewers collapsed 
in the second half of the season. They collapsed. And for me, if you collapse, you play poorly. And that's not the case. I want to go month by month this year for the Brewers. April, 13 and 13. May, 15 and 12. June, 15 and 14. July, their only sub 500 record, and it was by one stinking game at 12 and 13. Then back to 15 and 12 in August, 15 and 12 in September, 1 and 0 in October. Let's throw the October game into September and say they go 16 and 12 uh, in the month of September. I get that they had a five and a half game lead in the division around the All Star break. I'm not running away from that fact, but what I am saying is they didn't collapse. The the Cubs went on a run. The Cubs went on an incredible run. Where if we do the whole thing where we include October and everything, the the Cubs went the Cubs went 19 and nine in September plus 0 and one in October. So 19 and 10 in September, 17 and 12 in August, 16 and eight in July. They they kicked it up a notch. The Cubs did. So the Cubs chased down the Brewers and outplayed the Brewers in the second half of the season. The Brewers are who they were all season long. Their their month by month record is very similar the entire season. So that's not a collapse. Who they were at the All Star break is pretty much who they were at the end of the regular season. The problem is who the Cubs were at the All Star break is not who the Cubs were at the end of the season, and that's why the Brewers end up falling short in the division. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll have more phone calls as we look back on this past season for the Brewers. Love to hear from you if you want to talk a little bit about what took place this year. A very good season, but no playoffs, so still something to build for. It's Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. Looking back, looking forward, that is the theme of today's program. As the Brewers' season comes to an end over the weekend, they finish one game out of playoff position. My name is Matt Pauley. We will continue to do Brewers Weekly on an every-week basis, barring a Bucks game. There is uh, that, and also uh, the NFL Draft. I think that preempts us the first night of the NFL Draft. But outside of that, we are here with Brewers Weekly on an every-Thursday basis. What do you want to see this team do in the offseason? What areas would you like them to improve upon? What players do you want to make sure are back next year? We can talk about all those things if you give us a call on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Chuck is in New Berlin and has given us a call. Chuck, thanks for the call. You're on WTMJ. Good evening. I just, uh, first I wanted to say how proud I am of that team. Um, from everybody projecting them to have, you know, 70, 70 wins near last place or last place to be in 10 games over 500. I mean, I'm a partial season ticket holder, so I couldn't be more happy with how the season you know, awesome. just went overall. Uh, but, uh, my main question is, uh, for you, um, with Neil Walker, uh, do you really think that, uh, another team is gonna offer him you know, what people like say what he earned this year, or is he, you know, because of his age and everything, do you think, you know, do we have any chance at re-signing him? Yeah. I believe he would absolutely help us club out. Yeah, Chuck, I think there's a chance. I think there's mutual interest. He has made it, he's never been an unrestricted free agent in his career, and he's made it clear that he at least wants to go through that experience. The question is, how much are the Brewers willing to pay him? He made $17.2 million uh, this past year. 
and he's 32 years old. He'll be 33 next year. So it's not like he's 36, 37 either. Uh, he's you know probably on the back end of his prime, and this next contract will definitely take him out of his prime. If you're the Brewers, are you willing to give him a, a three-year deal? Averaging somewhere between you know fifteen and seventeen million dollars, that's a that's a lot of money for you know the put this in perspective. Everybody always complains about Ryan Braun making twenty million dollars, and, and here you got Neil Walker who's making you know seventeen. They're in the same neighborhood with each other. I'd really like to see see Walker back. I think the Brewers are going to spend some money this uh, off season, but if other teams start getting interested in him, uh, that that price tag could skyrocket very quickly. So that's probably the big question yeah that's just what i was wondering because i mean i just heard the you know his age aspect is is up there but at the same time like i don't know i, I just i just don't see a lot of teams making huge offers to him so i don't see why we can't you know make a deal and maybe he'll want to stick around because of how well they finished this year would you consider a, a three-year deal at 63 million dollars is that a huge offer uh well, anything huge for the Brewers, honestly, but um, you know, I said six, let me. I'm, I'm bad at math. Uh, so let's say three years at forty-seven. So that's just over. Uh, that's you know a little bit more than fifteen million dollars a year. Yeah, it, I mean, it might be a little over for us, but at the same time, you know, we have uh, Sogard, who is over thirty now, and VR, who we don't know who we got with him. I don't know if he's a if he's going to be the 2016 VR or this year's VR, which was very, very disappointing. So I don't know. I mean, it might be a case where it might need him. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the phone call. Here's my – if I think it's an either-or with Walker or Jonathan VR. If Neil Walker's back, I don't think Jonathan VR's back. And they have club control on VR. He's arbitration eligible. So they'd either have to non-tender him or they'd have to trade him. Uh, but I – I don't think Jonathan VR is built to compete for a job, and if I, I, I think I think Jonathan VR to to most closely get him back to 2016 Jonathan VR, I think it would be a much better situation if he's able to go somewhere and basically have that job. Now that's how it was to start this season. I realized he was the starting everyday second baseman and he just didn't perform. You know what he's very proud of his ability to play shortstop as well. Maybe maybe they try to send him to a team where he can go and and go into spring training as the everyday shortstop and maybe that's what gets him back to what he was in twenty sixteen. Talk about an enigma. Jonathan VR absolutely is. And I just I, I don't I don't want to see the scenario play out again where you have Neil Walker, but you also have Jonathan VR. That's just, that's uncomfortable to me. I don't, I don't want to see that play out. So if Walker's back, I would probably prefer the club move on from Jonathan VR. Eric Sogard, who knows, who knows if he's going to be back. You know, there's young guys like Mauricio Dubon is probably the X factor in all this. He played 50-plus games at AAA this past year. He has the ability to play a bunch of positions. He can play the infield all over the infield. You can throw him out in the outfield if you need to. So he kind of fills that role that Eric Sogard was filling. They, they, they can bring Sogard back at a pretty low rate. Uh, there, there's just a lot of moving parts in terms of uh, all those positions. 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We continue with our Brewers wish list. We'll do that uh, in just a moment, continuing to take some phone calls after this break here on WTMJ. 
Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. I almost called it Brewers Extra Innings. I'm done with that for for a few months. Welcome back in. My name is Matt Pauley. If you do want to join the program, you can do so by giving us a call on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also text into the program, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. You can call or text on that same number. It's magic. You can also tweet into the program if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y. We're going through our Brewers wish list for next season. Looking back at what happened this year and taking that information and saying, okay, this is what we want to do for the next year. Uh, let's go back to the phone. Sparky is in Madison. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ. Okay, Matt, thank you uh, for taking my call here. Uh, you know, my wish list, not you mentioned it, uh, if they could just, I don't, and I don't know how they would do this, but they've got to get more people in that lineup they can make contact and not strike out as much because it's an epidemic in baseball. Every team is just striking out so much. And, you know, there are times when if you ground into a double play, you get a run sometimes with bases loaded. And I don't know how the Brewers would look at that, but I'm sure David Stearns has got to be thinking in his mind that that is somewhat of a concern. And for the most part, guys that strike out are going to consistently strike out. It's not where you can improve on that. It seems like, you know, if you strike out, you strike out. So, you know, I, I don't know what I'm asking you insofar as what you think you could do to, to change that, but would you entertain a trade or trying to pick up a free agent that's out there that you could put in that lineup somewhere? And I, I don't know where you'd put that person. You, you know, Shaw and Thames and uh, you know Santana and Phillips looks like a, a ball player to be uh, reckoned with here. But, you know, there again, he has a, a tendency to strike out too. And, the one thing I want to ask you about Ryan Braun is that it seemed like this year uh, he, he strikes out a lot more than he did when he was younger. And I don't know if that injury that he had has, uh, has anything to do with it, but you know, he's thrown at a lot of bad pitches during this, this, this season. I don't know if you were aware of that when you watched the Brewers, but I... I just want to throw that out for discussion and see what you might say, Matt, okay? Yeah, you know, and real quick before you hang up, the the team this year struck out uh, 29% of their at-bats, which is a huge number. They were the only team in baseball with over 1,500 strikeouts. They had 1,571. Second was San Diego and 1,499. Sparky, the problem is, and you said it, it's a, it's a, it's a problem around baseball that – strikeouts, the, the advanced numbers say that strikeouts are not as bad as maybe conventional baseball folks thought they were. So, I look, the, the strikeout numbers have to get better. You cannot strike out 29% of your at-bats. You can't have, you know, darn near 1,600 strikeouts. That's, a, that's really bad. But for me, it's not so much bringing in new folks. It's, it's guys getting better. And I think you look at a, at a Brett Phillips, you look at a Lewis Brinson, and say these are the guys you know, coming up through the system that can't strike out as much. If Neil Walker is brought back, that's less strikeouts because Jonathan VR was striking out uh, so often. So a full year of Walker probably lowers uh, those strikeout numbers. You'd like to see Domingo Santana not strike out as much. But you are, you're never going to, it's never going to be the way it was 10 years ago in terms of strikeouts. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that's a good point. So, well, as long as they win, that's what we want. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And to your point about Ryan Braun, look, he had a bad 
last month and a half of the season. I was disappointed. He was battling. It came out after the season ended. He had a wrist injury that was impacting his ability to drive the ball. Uh, but still, he, he did not play well in the final month and a half of the season, and that uh, absolutely was a bummer. Bill is in Illinois. Hey, Bill, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, right about the All-Star break, the Cubs were playing really raunchy baseball. And, you know, if you follow them when they acquired Quintana, I mean, that seemed to jumpstart them. And right also about that time, there were pretty good rumors, I guess, that the Brewers were really interested in Quintana. Did it have the opposite effects on the Brewers versus what it had on the Cubs? How so? Well, the Cubs went out one six straight, and, I mean, none of the games were close. And they, Baltimore, not a bad team. Atlanta, you know, it, it is what it is. And the Brewers, I mean, they, I realize they were close games, but good teams win close games. That's the difference between a good team and a great team. I mean, and, you know, then they went to Washington. I think that series they lost 9 out of 11 for, you know, that trip. And the Cubs won. I mean, you know. Bill, I, I to, and I'm not, I'm not trying to completely discount what you're saying, but when I look at baseball, I, I, I try to take a step back and look at it from a larger perspective, and I see a Brewers team that went 15 and 12 in August and 15 and 12 in September, and I think they got a bump from Neil Walker. I think they got a bump from Anthony Swarzak. So, did did Quintana help the Cubs? Absolutely. I'm not running away from that, but I don't. I think it was a, I think it was a Cubs taking off because they go. 17 and 12 in August and 19 and 9 in September. I would disagree with your idea that uh, the Brewers went the other direction because they're months. Well, I didn't say they went to. You just look at that two week stretch, though. After they got Quintana, I mean, they Cubs went into the All Star break on a real downer. I mean, they got the last game of the home stand. Lester got lit up. I mean, I believe the Pirates scored 10 runs in the first inning. Yeah, I think you. I think you can look at any two week stretch. If you look at any team and take their best two weeks or their worst two weeks, I just I don't like looking at it that way. I understand where you're coming from, Bill, and I totally get it. And you look at those exact two weeks, and that's fine. It's a valid argument. I just wouldn't make that same argument. Yeah, I understand. I just wondered. You know, sometimes a little positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement can have positive and negative effects. You look at the Twins right before the All-Star break. I think they were, well, they acquired Jaime Garcia from uh, Atlanta, and then they played horrible, and then they dealt him. I'm not sure who they dealt him to. But then they went on a real streak in July, you know, after the August, and obviously they played real well the rest of the year. It was kind of like, you know, not what you expect from a team that kind of dumped uh, players at the All-Star breaks. Uh, but I just look at the Cubs. I mean, they came out swinging at the All-Star break for whatever reason. Yeah, and I appreciate the phone call, Bill. i got to get to some more calls. I think the Cubs are going to do that, Jose Quintana, or not. They had too much talent on that team. Look, Quintana wasn't a difference maker for the team in terms of numbers. Uh, let's see, let's go through his numbers and what they look like uh, when all was said and done. Jose Quintana went 7-3 and with a 3.74 ERA. That's nice, but it's not Justin Verlander 5-0, 1.05 ERA with the Houston Astros. 
Quintana was a nice pickup. I don't think he was a difference-making pickup. But he definitely put some wind in the sails of the Cubs. I will absolutely agree with that point. We've got more phone calls to get to as we look back at the season that was for the Brewers. This is Brewers Weekly. Back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for being tuned in. It's the Look Back, Look Forward edition of Brewers Weekly. If you want to join the program, 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. Back to the phones. Tom is in Greenfield. Hey, Tom, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, you guys are talking about people that you want to, would like to have on your wish list or be able to uh, stay with the Brewers. I think that if, if Walker, Sogard, Strusek, and Volt all contributed this season pretty good. They all, I think, uh, contributed uh, one um, win-wise, that probably maybe about 10 or 15 wins there. I think you should be able to get all, all four of those guys back. If you can't, uh, I think it's going to be a hard time because I don't think some of the younger players will be able to uh, plug in as good as those four guys did. Yeah, Tom, there's... There's mutual interest between the Brewers and Anthony Swarzak. I think that probably comes down to money. How much money did he make himself with this season that he had this year? And I think any time, Major League Baseball teams should always be careful with throwing money at relief pitchers that are not closers because uh, you can have one, you know, look at Carlos Torres, sub-3 ERA last year, and then a, a plus-4 ERA this year. So relievers can lose it quickly. Uh, Eric Sogard, they have the rights on, so I, I would suspect there's a pretty good chance he's back, and he'll get pushed in spring training by uh, some younger players. Stephen Vogt, I absolutely expect to be back. They have uh, control on his rights. I would think Manny Pena and Stephen Vogt is the catching tandem uh, next year. And, and the big question is Neil Walker, and if they can afford him, because he's going to get a multi-year deal in the off season, and I'm going to—he's going to—he made 17.2 million dollars this past year, coming off his age 32 season. He's not going to get a—it's—he could make 17 plus million dollars a year over a three-year contract. The question is, can the Brewers afford that? Well, I hope that I hope that all, like I say, I'd like to see all four guys back because I think they, I think that that they were the key to the Brewers there, plus some of the other other players and stuff like that. I, I think that uh, uh, if you don't, uh, I think it's going to be a harder uh, sell next year. I think are we gonna, are we going to accept it again if we if we're like one game out or or a couple games out of uh, making making it to the either winning the division or uh, out of the wild card. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. I appreciate it. That's sometimes the problem with overachieving because the timeline hasn't officially technically changed because there's never been a timeline. But I think most people say, okay, the Brewers overachieved this year. Well, if they if they overachieved this year, but then next year they play to kind of what the timeline was expected to be and they have a very similar type season, I think fans are going to be less accepting of it because they were so close to the postseason this year if they don't make the postseason next year, but it also might be just the continued development of this team, and that's going to be a huge storyline going into next year. Bob's in Milwaukee. Hey, Bob, you're on WTMJ. Hey, good evening. Wanted to circle back real quick to the strikeout enigma, Um, and I'm just wondering your opinion. I have no statistics, um, but is there how much of a correlation is it the fact that it's such a young team? Is youth or maybe not very many years up in the in the majors? How much of that is a factor with strikeouts, or maybe all the old veterans are striking out just the same? Yeah, I think the veterans. Yeah, there's look. Do do your strikeout numbers lessen as you get older in baseball? Yeah. They should because you should improve as a baseball player. 
But that being said, if you're a if you're a power hitter, you're I don't think your strikeout percentage is going to go down that much. You look at Ryan Braun this year, not to not to take a shot at him, but he struck out 76 times of his 380 at bats. So that means he struck out and 20% of it is at bats this year. That's lower than the team percentage of 29%, but that's still more strikeouts than you would like to see. Agreed. So, Appreciate it. Uh, you bet, Bob. Thanks for the phone call. 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The guys that I'm excited to see what they're going to do from a strikeout perspective, I think the two players who have the most opportunity to really make this a team that strikes out at a lesser percentage are the two young prospect outfielders in Brett Phillips and Lewis Brinson. And here, I, w- I, haven't, I don't even have these numbers ready. Let me see. Okay, so Lewis Brinson this year, I'm going to go off AAA numbers because this is where they played the most this year, and it's more equivalent to what we'd like to see them get to more in the big league. So Brinson this year in 76 games at AAA, he struck out 62 times in 299 at-bats. That's a 20% rate. The same as what it was with Ryan Braun. Again, the team struck out at 29%, but you start comparing that to Domingo Santana and Keon Broxton, that's a that that's significantly less than what those guys were striking out. Brett Phillips this year at AAA, I think his strikeout numbers are going to be a little bit more. He struck out 129 times in 383 at-bats, so he struck out 33% of the time. So that, that doesn't help my argument. It uh, doesn't help it at all. But that's... those. Those young guys, and I think going to the phone call that we just had, as guys get older, they should get better, and then the strikeouts should go down. Again, the, the team's always going to strike out. The team's probably always going to strike out at least 20%. But 29% of at-bats this year for the Brewers striking out, that's a big number. And striking out, being the only team in the National League that throws out that strikes out over 1,500 times, that's a big number. And there were definitely times during the course of the season where the Brewers really needed to move a runner over, and they couldn't. Or opportunities where there was a runner on at third and less than two outs, and they couldn't get a sack fly. The Brewers have to be better at sack flies. They just have to be better at getting sacrifice flies. It was it was an area that uh, was very, very tough to watch at times. Let's see where they ranked in sacrifice flies this season. Uh, the Brewers, they were last. They were last in sacrifice flies this year uh, with 26. So, yeah, they got to do They only had 26 sacrifice flies. Like San Francisco, a really bad team, they had 52 sacrifice flies this year. Washington, 45. St. Louis, 44. So they're, you want to really get into the numbers and find an area where the team has to improve. They got to make contact with runner on a third and less than two outs, and they got to get more sack flies. We will take a break, come back, uh, go through some news from the minor league side of things. I- I've got a little nugget that I want to pass on to you. A little birdie told me something this past week, and uh, I'm going to share it with you. It could be potentially fairly big news for uh, the Brewers' minor league system, and uh, speculation at this point. But I'm going to go with it. I'll tell you what it is. That's next. It's Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. Brewers.
Astros Weekly continues, starting to wrap up the program here on WTMJ. A reminder for you, uh, we will have this show every Thursday. Also, check out my podcast, the Brewers Extra Innings Podcast. It's on WTMJ Mobile. You can get it at WTMJ.com, or if you listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher, just do a search for Brewers Extra Innings. A new podcast drops every Monday morning, so we talk Brewers there as well. This week, uh, the Brewers announced that they have bought the Carolina Mudcats, their high-A affiliate uh, there in the Carolina League, and that's a big deal. Teams are trying to buy as many of their minor league affiliates as possible. It gives them full control over the baseball operation. It really makes a lot of sense to uh, buy those teams. Uh, the And the way it works, if you don't know the, the business of baseball in the minor leagues, generally the minor league baseball teams are owned by independent owners, and then they have what is called a PDC, a player development contract, with a major league organization, and that's where it links them together. But more and more major league teams are buying out their minor league teams. It's easier said than done, though, because uh, the business of minor league baseball is a very profitable business, and uh, that's uh, it's, if you can buy your affiliates, it's a good thing to do. A little birdie told me something this past week, so here's here's a little nugget for you. I'll finish you off with this because it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, the Brewers are currently in Colorado Springs for AAA. That Colorado Springs team is moving to San Antonio after this upcoming year. So the Brewers are playing Colorado Springs for one more year. They're going to move to San Antonio. Uh, Round Rock is going to uh, be the new Astros affiliate. The Astros are currently in Fresno. The Rangers are expected to go to San Antonio. When all the dominoes fall, most people have assumed that that meant the Brewers would end up in Fresno. But not so fast, my friends, to quote Lee Corso. Uh, I had somebody tell me this past week, who I trust, that the relationship between the Nashville Sounds and the Oakland A's has deteriorated, and that Oakland is going to be leaving Nashville. Now, I don't know if that's Nashville pushing Oakland out or Oakland electing to leave. I just know what this person told me. So if Oakland ends up in Fresno, that opens up Nashville I know there's been some hurt feelings between the Brewers and Nashville after the Brewers got pushed out a few years ago. But from what I'm hearing, there's a pretty good chance that the Brewers could end up back in Nashville if there's no other moves. Uh, At some point in time, I feel like the Mets might leave Las Vegas and go into Rochester. That would make sense. But Rochester has been very happy with the Twins. So if if no other moves happen than what what I just told you, the two last remaining would be Nashville and the Brewers. And maybe that uh, that brings it back together, those two teams. We'll just wait and see. But keep that in the back of your mind. Again, the Brewers and Colorado Springs for one more year. This has been Brewers Weekly on WTMJ.